You like D&D, Audrey Hepburn, Fangoria, Harry Houdini, and Croquet. You can't swim, you can't dance, and you don't know karate. Face it, you're never gonna make it. I don't wanna make it. I just wanna. episode of the Football Goonies Fantasy Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to try to avoid life getting in the way and any technical difficulties and review the Week 7 matchups and then bring you the Week 8 preview. But before we do, let's get into the Week in News. Injury news, we had Sonny Michelle go down this week with a knee injury, but has avoided structural damage and is announced as week-to-week. Now, this is huge for his uh, end-of-season usage still, but all this uh, tells me is that Kenyon Bartering is going to be a little bit of a usable fantasy piece, but the James White somehow is an amazing running back again story just continues to unfold. So uh, that's a good one for him. Also uh, injured running back is Marshawn Lynch sent to the IR. So start up the race for any Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, and DeAndre Washington uh, pieces that are still available in leagues. Uh, This might actually cause them, I'd say, to maybe sign someone, but... Given the history of what Gruden's doing there on a full fire sale, uh, I doubt that anything's going to come of it. Over at the wide receiver position, 
Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson have been ruled out for week eight, and Danny Amendola is limited. If he can get back on, he will have some big uh, value, but I guess the Dolphins' plan of holding out Devontae Parker until a trade happens to keep him healthy is uh, null and void as he will play in week eight. Rookie receiver for the Broncos, Deshaun Hamilton, has a sprained MCL. So any thoughts that maybe the team would try to move both uh, both of their top receivers is not likely now. Although uh, DT88 still might be dealt as Cortland Sutton is a viable replacement this year. Over on the quarterback position, it seems that Texans quarterback... Deshaun Watson actually had to take a bus to the team's road game this week as it would have been too painful and damaging for him to fly. So anyone holding uh, some Deshaun Watson outside of Dynasty is probably going to actually want to look elsewhere as the potential for a serious injury could happen at any point during any game. Uh, over on to some trade or some non-injury news. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have decided to roll with uh, with Blake the Snake as their starter this week, but he is put on a short leash. So there's either one or two narratives. Either you're going to get the most amazing game ever out of him, or you're going to get barely anything. So start with caution. Uh, returning to practice, Elijah McGuire running back. For the Jets, uh, looks like he is making a run at it with uh, Bilal Powell injured, and he is, I believe, eligible to return this week, although that is probably a little bit of a stretch. But uh, he could be useful down the stretch in the next couple of weeks. Uh, staying in New York with the Jets, Rashad Matthews signed as a receiver for uh, the Jets. And I doubt he's going to have any real value this season as uh, picking up a playbook last minute is never great for a receiver. And that team's pretty much just a hot dumpster fire that seems to outproduce anyways. Um, so, you know what? He could be useful, but doubt it. I think it's going to be a business as usual and he'll just be another body on the field at the very least drawing some coverage. Speaking of wide receivers, Green Bay expect to have uh, Geronimo Allison and potentially Randall Cobb back this week, thus ruining any chances of Valdez Scantling being a thing again this year until, of course, Geronimo Allison or Randall Cobb gets hurt again, which is the most likely of outcomes. Uh, speaking of Unlikely outcomes. Let's go a let's zag instead of zigging and go to unlikely outcomes. As the Raiders have managed to trade old Amari Cooper himself, Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones sent that a uh, beautiful first round pick in exchange for him. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? What in the hell are you doing, Jerry Jones? My goodness, Amari Cooper has been awful, awful this year. Inconsistent at best. He is definitely not worth a first round pick to begin with. And now you've essentially put yourself in a position where you have to pick up his fifth year option and or give him a decently sizable contract, not knowing if he fits your team or if he really is 
good and just has been down the last couple of years. Uh, I don't understand this move at all. I guess it's because they view the uh, the division is still open for winning as the first place team's four and two, and it's not even the Eagles. So he's I guess going after a former top ten receiver, but I mean top ten pick receiver. But I just I don't understand it. So kudos to John Gruden for actually making a solid trade. Uh, I believe they now have. Uh, three first rounds this year and two next year on top of other things. Although uh, I still don't think he is doing a fantastic job with that team as those first rounds are a little funky as they gave up some picks or they, I guess, devalued some picks later in the draft with that Khalil Mack one. Uh, as far as outlook for Amari Cooper, I'm not starting him anytime soon. And honestly, until seven weeks from now, he probably has zero value. So if you're able to trade him and you don't feel comfortable holding him in a dynasty league, do it now. This is the time to cash in on stupidity and not paying attention to the fact that 95% of receivers that make a move to a new team midseason tend to not do well. So uh, if you can drop them, go ahead. And then uh, also in Dynasty news, uh, as far as a odd one, quarterback uh, Chad Kelly, who we thought could potentially start in the next couple of weeks for Denver, was arrested again. Apparently he's been having way too much problems with the law and just doesn't understand the meaning of no. Uh, getting a first-degree felony charge on trespassing. So uh, anyone that was hoping to maybe sneak a starter out of him, I doubt they're going to end up keeping him. And if they do, my goodness, uh, you really don't want any part of that team's offense uh, as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Now, moving over to news in our leagues, we had a uh, couple of big trades go through this week, or actually this morning, in fact. Uh, the first one was Mr. I'm getting a chub trading with the Americans, sending over Mitch Trubisky and Robert Woods for Josh Gordon and Russell Wilson. I'm uh, not a big fan of this trade. I understand Russell Wilson's a better quarterback, but Mitch has been a hot, on a hot streak, and Robert Woods, I think, is the more valuable receiver this year, although the youth and potential ceiling of Josh Gordon is appealing. Uh, this trade, I, I just thought, so what? Who cares? But... Uh, it is what it is. I think it's good. And the bigger news is... I'm getting a Chubb also trading with the Frenchman, uh, sending Josh Rosen and T.Y. Hilton for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, this is huge. I think maybe the, uh, or the Russell Wilson acquisition gave Chubb the... gave him the, uh, the confidence to trade away Josh Rosen and T.Y. Hilton for DeAndre Hopkins. Great trade. It's a win getting one of the best receivers in the game. But now with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, instead of Mitch Trubisky, you don't really need to count on Josh Rosen panning out because what if Mitch doesn't pan out? Um, I know this was purely a depth move from a panicking uh, Frenchies team who 
kind of considered his quarterbacks a little too weak as he's been starting Joe Flacco and he lost Jimmy Garoppolo. But honestly, uh, I don't, I don't see the positivity of doing this move as Marcus Mariota is your third quarterback, and I don't think you can start Josh Rosen confidently in any way, shape, or form. Uh, this is more a play for the future potentially, but I mean, honestly, getting Josh Rosen for the future and taking that question mark plus what T.Y. Hilton is, I would have rather stayed tight with uh, DeAndre Hopkins that just had that dominant receiving core and just played for next season. I uh, hope you got a pick in there with it, but if not, uh, sorry, bud. And that was the week in news. Now let's move on to the week seven review. That's right, week seven, boys, was not a kind one. Uh, not for everyone, at least. Myself included was having uh, quite a mixed bag of a day going into the Monday night matchups, and then I ended up losing across the board. It was friggin' ridiculous, unbelievable. No one saw it coming across the board. Actually, I kind of did, but we didn't get into the previews beforehand. Anyways, we're going to start off with our first matchup. We got the Great One versus Turn Your Head and Coughlin. Now, this one was a not great matchup. Uh, we had the Great One edging out Turn Your Head and Coughlin by a score of 1024 to 84.1. Old uh, Joe Mixon and Zeke Elliott really disappointed, but it came he came through on great one with Tom Brady at quarterback getting 27-7, and George Kittle putting up a big game of 18.3 with the Vikings turning in a 12-point game. Over on the other side, Kirk Cousins did not play very well, but ended up turning out a decent performance at 21.5. Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb both scored in the 14s and Brandon Cooks did something in the 15s the problem was you got six points out of Stefan Diggs four points out of Taylor Gabriel in a game that burned me completely in one league because I thought he was a shoo-in for a big game and then the Bills at negative one and Gano getting me a single point on the kicker Rough loss, but uh, the great one finally gets back on track from his losing ways and moves to two and five, dropping Turn Your Head and Coughlin to three and four. Next up, we had SC Honkers versus Carpe Victoria. Oh, sorry. Before we go to that, let's see and make sure that you didn't have any stupid plays that really cost you the game. That's my bad on that. Let's see. Calvin Ridley? Nope. 
Uh, I mean, bye week kind of kills you with Devonta Adams out, inactive Dalvin Cook, couldn't play Corey Davis, which was smart. Made all the right calls, pretty much. Calvin Ridley didn't do much more than Taylor Gabriel, but that was about it. So, sorry, Clay, nothing you could have done. As I was saying, next up we had SC Honkers versus Carpe Victoria. And a definitive win from the Honkers uh, soccer club, somehow figuring out how to play American football. And despite starting, Melvin Gordon in the London game. Getting you the big gooser, but big week out of uh, Cam Newton, Kenyon Drake, Emmanuel Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, Tariq Cohen, decent out of O.J. Howard, and a good game out of Dan Bailey. Across the board, the only weak parts were the Cardinals D and Melvin Gordon not playing. And it was a little too much, even though Carpe Victoria had Mitch Trubisky dropping 35-4. My goodness, and Tevin Coleman grabbing that touchdown in an awful, awful game and still getting you 15. Devin Funch is all putting up 15, but single digits out of Olsen, Allen, Tate, and Hines. This was a rough one for Carpe Victoria. And unfortunately, you didn't have the foresight to play Derrick Henry, which would have made it a little more palatable, but honestly, you just had zero chance at all. It was a tough matchup having... uh, Big Ben on by, or not having Le'Veon Bell, I guess, is the big one, and Chris Chris Thompson's still out, but, I mean, honestly, this was just, uh, this wasn't in the cards for you, buddy. So, with that, SC Honkers uh, moves up to 5-2, second in the, I get, the horribly named Superior, but as of right now, actually, kind of true, Division. And uh, 2-5 for Carpe Victoria in the inferior division. God, I'm, I'm not going to recognize those names anymore. That's just awful, you guys. Uh, next up, we had Megalodons versus not in our league anymore as Hot Noonan Butchers failed to set a lineup for some damn reason. Uh, and the inactivity, we've actually lost him and we'll be filling that spot. Sorry, guys, to be crass, but we like a fun, active league, and I especially am bitter as Carp- as Hot Noon and Butchers actually tried in my week only setting up a lineup, and somehow was the only time he ever scored in around like 100 points, so... I was a little bitter about that, but whatever, let's get into it. Either way, the Megalodons would have come out victorious with massive game out of Kareem Hunt and Carrion Johnson dropping 18-9. Big game out of John Brown and a good one out of David Njoku were some of the highlights. Oh, and that Texans D just destroying Jacksonville. Uh, right now is the time to sell on carry-on, bud, but I'm guessing you want to hold on to them as they will probably be a bunch of running backs in your keeper pool. And why not just have one of the better ones in there, huh? Uh, over on Hot Noon and Butcher's side, for whoever's going to be taking over the team, we had a decent performance out of DeAndre Hopkins and Julian Edelman. Carson Wentz did well, even though he didn't play particularly well. And all this with Juju Smith-Schuster on bye week. So there is some optimism, but it's definitely going to be a playing for next season scenario. 
Next up, we had Finkel is Einhorn versus Unger and Franz. And continuing in his losing ways, Unger and Franz, Frenchman himself, dropped only 97.8 points to the 139.6 as Finkel or as Einhorn drops out his Finkel and shows you what he's really made of. Andrew Luck only throwing for 150-ish yards, but apparently that doesn't matter because we have a six-touchdown or per-touchdown point set up, and he still got 30 points. Philip Lindsay benefited from Royce Freeman going out early at the tune of 16-1, and although TJ Yeldon's team struggled, he did not, putting up double digits. In fact, uh, with the Latavius big game, the only real disappointment was D.D. Westbrook, and honestly, I don't see how you call it a disappointment. Uh, probably would have tried to play Chris Godwin in that Cleveland game, uh, was more likely and did do a better uh, job than D.D., but, I mean, you really didn't need it as Frenchie's team just continues to disappoint him. Uh after getting 40 points, nearly over 40% of his scoring from just the quarterback, and A.J. Green putting up double digits. Other than that, you got Crowell, Frank Gore, Christian Kirk, Charles Clay. This is starting to sound like a uh, a uh, DFS lineup that you're just like shooting the moon on bad players hoping to just make something of it. Uh, but it's really not your fault. You couldn't put any faith in Jordan Howard. Gronk was a surprise uh, inactive. Same with Larry Fitz on putting faith in him. Carlos Hyde got traded and couldn't give you anything. And Connor was on a bye. So rough sledding. Uh, hopefully you turn it around, but not really because you're in my division. Next up, we had Scranton Stranglers and Brown and some scrubs in what will be the close-up matchup of all, the closest matchup of all time. My goodness, 113.3 to 113.8. I understand that they could have gotten, they could have been closer, but dear God, this is insane. And unfortunately, it all happened because of injury only reason that Scranton Stranglers lost and Brown and some scrubs continues their winning streak after dropping just their first game. Uh, decent game out of Flacco at 23. Michael Thomas did enough in that game. OBJ went off Rams defense with 22 points, but Jordan Reed continues to disappoint. Tyler Boyd was a forgotten man in Kansas City. David Johnson didn't do much, and the big story was Shady McCoy going out with a head injury that looked like a leg injury uh, after his or on his second carry and only netting 0.1 points. My goodness, if he had just gotten, oh, that's just sickening. I'm sorry, bud. That is rough. If he just averaged. Four, uh, four yards of carry on those two, you would have won, and that's just a tough pill to swallow. Um, and honestly, I look at it with Chris Hogan being your only other option uh, that would have gotten you the win, I, I don't see how you even stood a chance uh, of making that decision. So 
that's just a rough loss you're going to have to swallow. Uh, strong plays on the other end from Matt Ryan, putting up a decent game. Christian McCaffrey was a little disappointing, barely getting double digits. But the big story here was Marlon Mack going ham to the tune of 30.9 points and Tyreek Hill going huge for 17-1. I mean, he won in spite, despite Nelson Aguilar, Austin Hooper, and the Chargers D all kind of disappointing. And honestly, uh, Ryan Suckup too. I mean, this is just a rough one. And now that I look at it, Harrison Bucker, he had that one missed kick. That would have gotten you the win, too. So uh, that's a rough one. Just shake it off, and hopefully you get him next time. Unless you're playing me, of course, or someone I need to win instead of you. Uh, and then finally, we had the matchup of the week, which really wasn't because I didn't think I had much of a chance. And I was right. Macho Man Fred Savage versus Popeye Sailor Man. Losing at a score of 95-6 to 150.8. Mark Ingram disappoints. Marvin Jones disappoints. Eric Ebron disappoints. That Ravens D didn't really disappoint, but I didn't want to lose them, so kind of couldn't pivot off of them. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't really do anything wrong other than leaving T.Y. Hilton on the bench, and that wouldn't have mattered. Uh, this just was one of those days that with the limited picks I had and the moves I had to make, man, uh, it's just going to happen some of these times. And although uh, Popeye Sailorman tried to give me a little bit of a chance getting Sony Michelle hurt and only pulling in two points, what can you do against the combo of Todd Gurley and Adam Thielen? I don't think anyone would have expected uh, Sailorman to have the number one receiver and running back in the league. Thought it was just the running back. But my goodness, 24-9 from Baker, 28-6 from Todd Gurley, 21-5 from Thielen. Josh Gordon had a terrible day for him, uh, i.e. Sailorman's team at 12 points. Trey Burton went ham at 23-1 and finally was remembered in the offense. And then James White benefiting from that Sony Michelle stack, getting 25-7. Uh, man, this was just a rough one. Got to shake it off. Uh, luckily, I'm still in second place in the inferior division. Um, but, you know, just move on. Speaking of moving on, let's head over to the Dynasty League scorecard for Week 7. First up, we had a matchup between the 55s and I'm getting Chubb now super team uh let's see the 55s came in and tried tried their darndest to win with their just not great team put up a massive 136.5 points but losing out to 139.2 and that was on the back of poor games from Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins compared to what they should have been but across the board, uh, Duke Johnson Jr. was the only uh, single-digit score for you, and that's a rough one to swallow. I guess the uh, win could have been secured if only you played Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff uh, or uh, Kirk Cousins, but you decided not to, and that's okay. But uh, the Duke Johnson one, man, you fell for it. Being told that he was a uh, starter really, really screwed you a little bit. 
But, I mean, honestly, what were you going to do? Play Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, that wouldn't have mattered. But Michael Gallup just sitting there with 15-6 on your bench. That is rough, man. But, I mean, not as rough as going up against Mitch Trubisky, OBJ, Tyreek Hill. I mean, man, that is just a rough one. Not to mention, that's not even his best players now. As Robert Woods got shipped off for friggin', uh, sorry, not Robert Woods, uh, one of his receivers and a quarterback got, or a running back and quarterback got shipped off for friggin' DeAndre Hopkins, and now he has the super team of receivers. So, uh, the rich get richer, I guess. Next up, we had the franchises versus Fear the Juice. In the matchup that probably sparked him uh, trading for players and uh, sending away some of his best. So with the score at 90.4 to 99.3, Fear the Juice secured the win. Uh, this came on the back of another burrito injury that ended up costing uh, negative points for franchises. And then, other than DeAndre Hopkins and his quarterbacks, nothing really impressive. On the other side, Andy Dalton was a big disappointment, but it didn't seem to matter as Marlon Mack was started in this league as well, and that's where the win kind of was secured. Uh, if it wasn't for Mack's massive game, you were definitely outmatched and uh, had no business winning, But especially with the 7-9 Andy Dalton thing. But injuries and... Uh, just strong play, unexpected strong play secured this one. Um, as far as any plays that could have maybe been avoided and switched over to, I guess the big one is not playing Jordan Howard. Now, we all know my uh, lack of love for Jordan Howard, but honestly, I don't see how uh, I would have kept Burita in, to be honest. It was... Uh, Never going to be a great game script, and he's just been so hobbled that I just I wouldn't want to trust, and I actually would have tried to just hope for Jordan Howard to get a goal line carry and grab a touchdown, which he did. So moving on, next up we got Jones in for some TDs versus No Country for Old Players in the gauntlet of a matchup of the week. Man, 149-1 to 166, no country for old players secured the win. This was just a uh, rock'em, sock'em robots of plays as you had two different dichotomies, the, uh, the consistent versus the boom buster. As Tom Brady and Matt Ryan both put up decent... Uh, decent performances pat mahomes set the world on fire while sam darnold didn't do that well at 12 points but uh james white tj yeldon emmanuel sanders julio jones zach Ertz all did real good golden tate had an okay didn't crap your team game but that jaguars d did at three points while you look across the board at mixon david johnson stefan diggs all getting single digits but boom bust receiver Mike Williams scored a long touchdown. Trey Burton went boom even though he's been eh. And I'm sure he wouldn't have gotten the start had Gronkowski been healthy. And Kareem Hunt just went friggin' ham as, as well as the Rams defense. So 
strong plays. Uh, ended up securing the win. Good job. Next up, we had the Americans versus Team Gravelin. And with a score of 93-4 to 79, Gravelin secured the win with his awful, awful running back starts. But that doesn't matter when you play a combined quarterback total of 0.4 points as Blake Bortles put up 1.4 and Derek Anderson put up negative one. This was insane. Oh, never thought I'd see the day that a two QB league put up that awful a score, but it happened. And on top of that, you had to deal with the Shady McCoy injury, the bad Tyler Boyd. My goodness, it was a surprise that you were even as close as you were. And that was on the back of basically three, four players of uh, Saquon Barkley, Jarvis Landry, and then a decent game out of Edelman and a strong one out of your defense. On the other side, you had uh, quite the opposite. Expected players, Rivers and Luck, blew up. Ito Smith and Corey Clement which you can't really expect to have great games, all disappointed. And then A.J. Green and Adam Thielen came through while Vernon Davis. Basically, this was the stalwarts won the game as the stalwarts performed as they should. And that was pretty surprising considering the last-minute injury report and not playing of Melvin Gordon. So... uh, That was a solid, solid win from Team Gravelin that he probably didn't deserve, but got anyways. And then finally, in the matchup of the week, the heartbreak of the week, we had Bill Belichick Puppet Masters versus This Means War in a completely, completely ridiculous outcome of a game. My goodness. First of all, I don't think anyone would have done differently than I did putting Frank Gore in for LeGarrette Blunt, and that lost me the freaking game. Are you kidding me? My goodness, man. Uh, Up and down quarterback play with Dak and Deshaun got me 30 total points, which was fine against C.J. Beathard, but basically... Uh, All it takes to win in this league is Todd Gurley and one good receiver performance. That's it. And you know, your opponent sitting... I can't believe I'm even saying this. Sitting LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Really screwed the pooch here. Another play that I considered was keeping Deshaun Jackson in uh, instead of Kenny Galladay, which cost me the win. And... My God, playing the Vikings D when the Texans could have gotten me the win as well. This is just uh, sad. Oh, sorry. They wouldn't have gotten me the win. It would have been closer. Uh, I was looking at different scoring on the last one. Only scoring one point more. I mean, how did I lose to C.J. Beathard and Alex Smith? Especially when Ezekiel Elliott puts up 5.2 points. Come on, man. This is ridiculous. It is insanely ridiculous that I lost, but it friggin' happened. And I knew it was going to happen because I knew Sterling Shepard was going to have a great game. I thought the outside corners are good. 
They're going to bracket OBJ as much as possible, and Shepard out of the slot is going to have a huge game. And at halftime, it didn't look great, but it looked like I was still going to pull out the win. And then, man, he went for another 60-some-odd yards in the second half and thus securing the win for my counterpart and dropping me to two and five. And then the worst part is it drops me from getting, or puts me to no wins over two wins as this score decided who got the fifth spot in the Aniston scoring. It was just ridiculous. I mean, Brian talks about getting robbed all the time. This is true robbing. I'm calling the cops. I'm filing a report. My goodness. I'm not bitter though, okay? I'm not. So screw it, let's just get into the week set or week eight preview. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So starting off in the Keeper League with our first matchup, we have the Hot Noonan Butchers, soon to be reassigned team versus the Great One, getting a supposed bye week during Zeke's bye week. At uh, the quarterback positions, we got Carson Wentz and Tom Brady advantage. Brady, I guess, uh, without Sony Michelle there, the throwing game's going to go off more. And although Brady doesn't always do great at Buffalo, I mean, I think Jacksonville's really going to rally this week a little bit, and Carson's going to be an okay quarterback play. Uh, at the running back position, we got Duke Johnson Jr. and Wendell Smallwood with potentially a change in of Ty Montgomery or Devonta Booker versus Joe Mixon and Theo Riddick, I guess? I don't know. So basically, Joe Mixon wins it out for everyone. <laughs> no real analysis needed there. Especially against Tampa Bay, missing Gerald McCoy. He's a great play. Next up, we got receivers DeAndre Hopkins and Julian Edelman versus Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay. Uh, let's see. Kenny Galladay's got a difficult but beatable matchup in Seattle, and uh, Robert Woods is going to have to catch some passes in Green Bay. But, I mean, it's going to be no match for the volume Julian Edelman's going to receive and DeAndre Hopkins against that Miami defense. So, advantage. Butchers on the receivers. At tight end, we got Jared Cook and Kelsey going at it. And although Kelsey has a little bit more difficult of a matchup, you kind of got to roll with him. I will say I expect another big Jared Cook week, actually, because it's Indy's defense, and now having dealt Amari Cooper away, uh, the focus is going to probably be on Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant letting Cook operate out of the off the line and out of the slot. So uh, actually looking for a better game than what's expected out of Jared Cook as of late. But still, advantage Kelsey. On the flex position, uh, we got George Kittle. And possibly the only other option would be Jordy Nelson versus the, the assumed uh, flex of Juju Smith-Schuster versus Cleveland. Uh, love me some Kittles and Bits, but a star is born. And we got to go with uh, Schuster as Cleveland's really going to focus as much as they can 
on stopping the run game and shutting down Antonio Brown. I think uh, this lets Juju kind of roam free and do his thing. So give me advantage, Juju. At defense, we got the Jaguars versus the Vikings in a rough one. I'm looking for the Jaguars to kind of bounce back a little bit defensively and offensively. And Philly doesn't scare me nearly as much as New Orleans. So slight advantage to Jaguars. And at the uh, kicker position, no one really cares. So give me the great one for the win. He... uh, He's got Joe Mixon and Tom Brady, and I think that'll be enough uh, alone. So hopefully the new owner handles Hot Noonan's team a little better, but uh, give me Chris for the win. Next up, we got Brown and some Scrubs versus SC Honkers in Bipocalypse for the Scrubs. It's honestly not that bad. It's kicker and defense or on a bye and then Austin Hooper, so... Who the hell cares if Matt Ryan's on a bye? Anyways, at quarterback position, you got a waiver wire ad. My goodness, we're going to have to go to the uh, waiver wire real quick and see what's available at the QB position. Uh, So you got Blake the Snake, Eli Manning, Alex Smith. These aren't looking great. So uh, we'll just insert not great option at the quarterback position for the uh, Brown and some scrubs. At the quarterback position on the SC Honker side, you got Cam Newtons, booty scooting himself, going up against the Baltimore D. That's going to be a tough one, but give me Cam Newton over any of the waiver wire ads at this point. At the running back position, you got Christian McCaffrey and Marlon Mack versus Kenyon Drake and Tariq Cohen. Uh, advantage, Christian McCaffrey and Marlon Mack. McCaffrey's probably going to catch a bunch of dump-offs, giving him an okay day, but Mack's going to have another big game against that weak Oakland defense in a game they should be controlling most of the time, just like last week in Buffalo. Against Buffalo, I think that uh, Mack's going to be the real uh, stalwart this week for Indianapolis. Uh, Kenyon Drake in Houston, they got a good run defense, and Tariq Cohen will probably do his thing, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Give me advantage, uh, Brown and Scrubs on the running back position. Uh, at receiver, you got Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown versus Emmanuel Sanders and Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, this is a pretty easy one, although Tyreek's going up against Denver, and they have limited his big game potential this season. Earlier, I think he had like a, uh, let's see, he had a 10.1 game against Denver, and I don't expect him to go super off, which means he will, but you got Antonio Brown, and he's amazing, and unfortunately for Emmanuel Sanders, they're playing in KC, He'll still do well, but that defense just plays better in Kansas City. The big hard one to swallow is Alshon Jeffrey going at Jacksonville. That's going to be a rough game. They're angry. They're mad. And I don't think Alshon's going to do too much. So advantage Brown on some scrubs on the receivers. At tight end, we got Jimmy Graham versus OJ Howard. 
Uh, Graham's likelier to score a touchdown as they're going to be throwing a ton. And if they get in the red zone, that's a good one. But Howard, I think, is a more important piece to the offense in Tampa Bay. And with uh, Kirkpatrick uh, likely on A.J. Green and their decent slot corner taking up a lot of uh, Tyler Boyd, I think that is a big game for Mixon and, I mean, for uh, Howard and Deshaun Jackson. Sorry, I totally just, like, went the wrong way. Mike Evans getting Kirkpatrick. Um, Chris Godwin getting uh, the slot guy. And, yeah. So anyways, O.J. Howard, give me him over Jimmy Graham. Uh, at the flex position, we got Adrian Peterson as Amari Cooper is now on a bye instead of playing against Indianapolis. Versus, uh, man, probably Sterling Shepard in Washington. Give me advantage... Give me advantage Sterling Shepard, although I think they're going to really lean on Adrian Peterson against that uh, weak Giants front. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard is, again, going to benefit from coverage, paying too much attention to the number one receiver and, of course, trying to get the running back less involved or kind of contain Saquon Barkley. So uh, advantage... Advantage Sterling Shepard. On the defensive side, Cardinals against San Francisco is good. Not sure what uh, Chase is going to pick up. So advantage Cardinals, I guess. And with that, I'm going to lean Brown and some scrubs for the win. Extending his week streak to win streak to seven. And knocking down the soccer team a peg. Next up, we have Turn Your Head and Coughlin versus uh, I Got Something in My Pants, Finkel is Einhorn. At the quarterback position, we got Kirk Cousins versus Andrew Luck. Give me Kirk Cousins. I know Andrew Luck is playing Oakland, and that is great, but I think, again, they're going to run the crap out of the ball. And I don't see Andrew Luck putting up more than 240 yards. And he's definitely not getting four touchdowns this week. Um, I, yeah, I got to go Kirk Cousins in a just knock him, rock him, sock him robots kind of game. Where I view it to be higher scoring. And uh, give me Kirk Cousins on the advantage there. At the running back position, we got Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara versus Alex Collins and Philip Lindsay, assuming Dalvin Cook misses. Uh, Alvin Kamara, he's going to get quite a few dump-off passes, but I know Minnesota knows how to contain running backs, even passing running backs. Nick Chubb, though, he's going to try to run it down and throw it at Pittsburgh, and I don't blame him. I'm actually, man, if it wasn't for Alex Collins at Carolina, I think that's going to be a real tough matchup. I think Philip Lindsay on a Denver team needing to catch up with Kansas City would actually give advantage, but uh, give me Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb for the advantage. At receiver, we got Mike Evans and maybe Cooper Cup if he's not injured in place. I don't know. Versus Devonta Adams and Brandon Cooks. Advantage, Devonta Adams and Brandon Cooks. 
We saw in the Vikings-Rams game, it was just high scoring thrown all over the place, and I expect this to be the same. And Devontae Adams will eat. Brandon Cooks will eat, especially if Cooper Cup's out. But if Cooper Cup plays, that's great. But like I said, I don't like Mike Evans as much as I like Devontae Adams. So advantage Adams and Cooks at the tight end. Although C.J. Uzama's got a great matchup against Tampa Bay, I am not betting against Zach Ertz against Jacksonville, even though they will probably try to stop Ertz as the number two passing threat. You get you can't count Ertz out, and his volume alone is going to get him there. Uh, the flex position, we got Stefan Diggs taking on New Orleans and Latavius Murray doing the same thing. This is, man, this is a rough one. I also noticed you got Chris Carson down there at Detroit, which is tempting as Detroit's run defense is not great. And Carson, although his last game did not go well, has been very good when healthy this season. Uh, but I'm going to assume you're going to roll with Diggs there, and why wouldn't you? I mean, he did the miracle in Minnesota. Why not again? And Latavius Murray's going up against a great run defense in New Orleans, so advantage Diggs. Other options could be TJ Yeldon or Chris Godwin in there. Uh, Yeldon's interesting. I actually like Yeldon a little better than Latavius, uh, but I do know that the trade for... Carlos Hyde kind of is a little scary. So either way, I'm going to go advantage Stefan Diggs. And that's going to give the win to turn your head in Coughlin, in my opinion. And drops Finkel and Einhorn down to 500. Next up, we have Axel's Unger and France versus Scranton Stranglers. At the quarterback position, we have a Rock'em Sock'em matchup as Aaron Rodgers takes on Patrick Mahomes. Both playing good defenses that should be better and both amazing quarterbacks. Mahomes is a little more amazing this year, but the entire game plan of Green Bay is going to be through the air. Whereas I think Kareem Hunt is a little more featured. So give me the advantage, Aaron Rodgers. That's right. I'm calling for Rodgers to be better than Patrick Mahomes. It's probably going to bite me on the butt, but that's what I'm doing. At the running back position, as of now, we got Isaiah Crohn, Frank Gore. But we already know that it's going to be James Conner in there. And the question is, do you go with Jordan Howard? Do you go with Crowell? You go with Frank Gore. I'm guessing you're going to go with Howard as your second option. On the other side, we got David Johnson and a potentially injured LaShawn McCoy, uh, who may get, I guess, slated by Peyton Barber or Blow Powell if he ends up playing. I don't know. This is a big question mark. And although I love David Johnson, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick him in the question mark versus Connor and Howard. So give me the advantage, Connor and Howard. And I don't feel great about it, but that's just the way it has to be. Next up at the wide receiver position, we got AJ Green and maybe Christian Kirk, maybe Marquise Goodwin, maybe Larry Fitzgerald, Jermaine Kirsch. It's tough to say, but let's, for the sake of argument, say it's Christian Kirk. And that is versus OBJ and Tyler, or no, and Michael Thomas. 
Uh, AJ Green, I actually like better than Odell Beckham. Um, this week, I know Beckham's great, and he finally showed you what he could do again, but this defense in Washington is better, whereas AJ Green is going against one of the worst defenses. The big question is, will Michael Thomas in a bad matchup do more than Christian Kirk in a good matchup? And I'm going to say yes. Uh, give me advantage, OBJ, Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas gets a real value boost as they're going to be in a catch-up mode the whole time, and I think they're going to get back to their ways of moving him into the slot more yesterday, or two nights ago. It didn't seem that way as uh, he ran a lot of the outside, and I was just wondering why he wasn't in the slot more, and I think they're going to be forced to move him into the slot and get him away from Xavier Rhodes as much as possible. On the tight end position, if Gronk goes, you got Gronk. If not, it's Charles Clay versus Jordan Reed. Either way, give me Charles Clay or Jordan Reed. I mean, or Gronkowski. Uh, Jordan Reed, just, I, I can't do it anymore. He's he's awful uh, for fantasy, and the team doesn't know what they're doing with him, and Alex Smith doesn't know what to do with him, and I'm just going to ignore him. So, advantage, Gronk Clay. Uh, on the flex, we got Marquise Goodwin or Larry Fitzgerald versus uh, Tyler Boyd. And give me Tyler Boyd against that Tampa D. I don't care who you throw in there. None of these options are quite as good as Tyler Boyd versus Tampa D in a shoot-em-out kind of matchup. Uh, so with all that being said, give me the advantage to... Guys, it's kind of a tough one, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to call Frenchie for the win. I don't know if I agree with it, but I'm going to put Frenchie for the win. And I don't want to talk any more about it. Next up, we have Popeye Sailorman versus Carpe Victoria. In the winner versus loser matchup of the week, we got a strong 6-1 team versus a 2-5 reeling team after bursting onto the scene, winning his first two. Carpe Victoria is struggling since losing the last five. At the quarterback position, we got Drew Brees versus Mitch Trubisky, and Baker Mayfield might make his way into the Pittsburgh uh, game instead of Drew Brees. But either way, I'm not going to bet against Mitch or, as I see it now, Ben Roethlisberger. I think both of them are going to end up being better. So advantage Carpe Victoria on the quarterbacks. What you don't have an advantage at is the running back position as you're playing against Todd Gurley. And my new rule is... No matter who Todd Gurley is playing, he is 95% more likely to make two running backs, whoever he's playing with, better than the two across. So advantage Gurley, especially in that Green Bay matchup. And then James White gets Buffalo going up against Naheem Hines and Chris Thompson if he's healthy. Man, this is a bipocalypse for Carpe Victoria, and I don't know if he's going to have a running back to play. So, advantage, obviously, Curly White. Next up, we got Adam Thielen, Doug Baldwin versus Golden Tate, and Keenan Allen on bye, which puts Devin Funches in the second wide receiver spot. Uh, this is a obvious win again for uh, 
Team Popeye Sailorman as Adam Thielen is literally a god. And Doug Baldwin has a great matchup. Detroit's defense outside of Darius Slay is god-awful. And uh, he plays most of, the, most of his uh, routes out of the slot and moves around. And I don't think he'll be seeing too much of Darius Slay. So clearly he's going to be an advantage over... Uh, over Tate and, um, sorry, over Tate and Funchess. Uh, at the tight end position, you got Trey Burton versus Greg Olson. Advantage Trey Burton. Uh, Allen Robinson likely to miss now. Um, Greg Olson is playing his full complement of snaps, but he does not look great, and Baltimore's D is the truth. So clearly, Nagy finally figured out to tell, um, Trubisky that Trey Burton's on the team for more than like 20 plays a game so he's been getting the uh, targets finally last week and I think that's going to continue this week. At the flex position uh, you got uh, slated in there right now looks like uh, Josh Gordon on uh, Popeye Sailorman and in the flex it's going to Probably be, I don't know, uh, Demarius Thomas against Kansas City for Carpe Victoria. Uh, on the wide receiver, or on Papa Sailorman, I actually would probably lean a different route and go Wolf Fuller. Um, that matchup's juicy. Uh, him being a number two without Kiki Kuti again uh, is fantastic, and he's finally healthy. So uh, he would probably benefit if Josh Gordon plays. Uh, he's good. He has a chance for some good targets. But Buffalo has a pretty darn good uh, number one cornerback. And I just don't see New England needing to throw a ton in, in this game. Uh, the only upside to him would be if Gronk misses. But who knows on that. Um, on the other side with Demarius Thomas in Kansas City... Kansas City's tough at home. Uh, we just saw it last week, especially against a mediocre D, uh, offense, whereas Denver is a terrible offense. So Demaryius Thomas is the uh, the really only play that uh, Carpe has, but he's uh, not nearly as good. I would take Will Fuller or Josh Gordon over him. Uh, there is a potential that he outscores Josh Gordon just because um, they're going to need to throw a lot. And if it's Will Fuller, give me Will Fuller all day long. At the defensive position, it's uh, Panthers versus Steelers. This is an easy one. Steelers against a rookie quarterback, giving up the most sacks in the league and a ton of turnovers versus the Panthers against a negative game script as Baltimore's D is going to keep them... Uh, on the wrong side of the field, so Panthers are not going to have as many opportunities. Advantage Steelers. Uh, after all that, even though um, I like Mitch Trubisky a little better and the Steelers D, it's an obvious win for Popeye Sailorman. So put that one on the board. And in the final matchup of the week, you got Macho Man Fred Sitch. Versus the Megalodons trying to recover after a just heartbreaking BS defeat. My goodness. Nah, it was, it was pretty bad. So, uh, 
At the quarterback position, we got Jared Gierf versus Andy Dalton. And although I love Andy Dalton's matchup against Tampa Bay, uh, I feel like they could probably lean a little more on the run uh, than they would need to necessarily. Uh, I don't think they're... Ah, man. Now, Andy Dalton's going to be throwing it up. But I can see... I see Jared Goff is throwing it up even harder. Even harder. Uh, although you got Gurley and he's amazing, I think Green Bay is going to do whatever they can to take Gurley out of the game and limit him and open up that passing game. And I think uh, Jared Goff is going to beat him with high efficiency. Plus, with a uh, good over-under and what seems to be a shootout, I just think that it's going to be a toe-to-toe, rock-em-sock-em kind of offensive game. So give me advantage, Jared Gurf. At the running back position, we got Saquon Barkley and probably Mark Ingram. I'm still kind of... Uh, playing around with that uh, I may try to get uh, a running back if Burita can't go and Jalen Richard's in there um, but as of right now we'll say it's Mark Ingram versus Lamar Miller and Kareem Hunt uh, man as much as it pains me I'm going to give advantage to Kareem and Lamar Miller uh, Kareem absolutely destroyed Denver earlier this year. I think their plan is going to try to do more of the same, which is take away Tyreek Hill. Uh, they may kind of pay attention more to Kareem Hunt, but now Kareem's getting more in the passing work. So he is the number one play in this matchup with Saquon Barkley a close second. But the big one for me is Mark Ingram going up against that Minnesota D and what's probably going to end up being a closer to the... Rams-Vikings game shootout than a defensive battle, especially with uh, Xavier Rhodes maybe not playing. So uh, give me... I mean, he's decent, all right. I put him at a uh, RB16 for the week. But I actually have Lamar Miller ranked slightly higher. Uh, I got him like RB14. Um, He's got a great matchup in Miami. That defense is just atrocious, banged up. And they've just been bleeding to the running backs the last two games. So uh, I think Lamar is in line for a decent game, probably around 100 yards and a touchdown, throwing a couple catches with that. So uh, it's it's going to be a, a tough one for me to swallow, but I give the uh, running back advantage to Kareem Hunt. At the receiver position, we got Jarvis Landry and... Deshaun Jackson as of right now versus John Brown and Traquan Smith. Uh, That's going to be an advantage to... Man. Uh, It's going to be advantage John Brown and Traquan Smith. Uh, Jarvis Landry scares me a little bit. I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-pack receiver this week because that Pittsburgh D... And Deshaun Jackson's such a wild card that uh, he can boom and win it for me. He can bust and lose it for me. Whereas John Brown, I know there's some concern about him in Carolina, but I don't really have it. Uh, Bradbury's not that great if he's on him the whole time, but I think that Michael Crabtree being the big body, slower guy will garner the uh, number one cornerback attention and um we're gonna see and they're not gonna be able to run that well against carolina so uh give me john brown against the middle of the pack carolina pass defense and then traquan smith 
the one thing I do not like about Minnesota's pass defense this year is they've been more susceptible to big plays. And if Xavier is either hurt or, uh, or out or banged up, and Michael Thomas is really going to get some attention, I could see Traquan opening it up for some uh, long bombs, even more likely than Deshaun Jackson, I think. So uh, slight advantage, John Brown and Traquan, but not by a ton. At the tight end position, we got David Njoku and Eric Ebron. Uh, this is a tough one to actually gauge. I'm going to call it a wash. I think Ebron has the better matchup, but David Njoku has the eye of a team that's going to be a uh, quarterback that's going to have to be catching up. So I call this one an even wash. Uh, if Eric Ebron hadn't been disappointing as of late, then he'd probably be the favorite here. But uh, even Stevens on that. At the flex position, we got Carrion Johnson versus T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I give a slight edge to T.Y., although Carrion Johnson's going to get his, and I think he's going to have a great game. I think the only strength of the Seattle defense is their run defense a little bit, and I think that they're going to do it more through the air. And although he'll still do well, I think T.Y. is going to be uh, more of a deep threat. He's going to put up some more yardage, and he is going to be easily getting at least 70 yards and a touchdown. So give me T.Y. Hilton all day long. On the defensive end, Ravens versus Texans. Man, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I think the Texans have the far better matchup, but I think the Ravens' D is legit, and Carolina's actually not been that great. I know for three quarters it looked like they were just god-awful last week until uh, Cam turned on his superpowers. But I'm going to call this one a near wash, but I'm going to give the advantage to the Texans against Brock Osweiler in his return to Houston. Uh, and just to see, yep, there's uh, not really else, anyone else you're going to play. Royce Freeman's out, probably, and so is Allen Robinson I'm kind of leaning towards, so... Uh, on my side, I might substitute one of the running backs, I said, and I am sort of sort of just flirting with the idea of maybe pulling uh, one of the other receivers and swapping them out, but I'm going to probably leave as is, and I'm going to give a slight advantage, I think, to the Megalodons. Uh, deciding factor will honestly be the quarterback who's blows up more. But, um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Megalodons to win barely. All right, so that does it for the Keeper League. And now we're going to move on to our Dynasty League Week 8 preview. Okay, guys, before we jump into the preview, just a little uh, public service announcement. I couldn't get the episode finished in time. I ended up picking up an extra shift and working 48 hours. So I'm finishing this on Friday morning, or I guess midday, and I'm uh, doing this with the knowledge of what's on, what's happened on Thursday night, and uh, we'll just go with that. So I apologize for not getting it in time, but here are your Dynasty matchups of the week. <laughs>
First up, we have Fear the Juice versus I know I've been a little inconsistent on that drop, but man, even though it's not my brainchild, I do love it so. So at the quarterback position, we got Fear the Juice with Drew Brees and Andy Dalton versus Jared Gurf and Chris or Captain Kirk Cousins in New Orleans. Advantage Guff and Cousins. Uh, Breeze has a little bit toucher, tougher matchup uh, in the passing game. I think it's pretty even between him and Cousins, actually. But I think that they can lean a little more on the run than Minnesota does. So Kirk's going to have to do it through the air a little bit more. As far as the other two, we talked about it, or I talked about it earlier. Uh, Jared Goff, I do like above Andy Dalton. So clearly, advantage Goff and Cousins. At the running back position, we got Alvin Kamara versus Marlon Mack, or and Marlon Mack versus Carrion and Philip Lindsay. Now, this one is a toughie. You got. Alvin Kamara, who should see a decent amount of work in the pass game and actually be pretty heavily involved. But Minnesota's pretty good against the, the passing running back. And Marlon Max, the, uh, the clear-cut winner, if he can play, my goodness. Uh, they're going to control that game, and it's going to be a pretty much a repeat of Buffalo. And... Uh, Although I do love Carrion and Philip Lindsay's in a great position, we saw that Kansas City just destroyed uh, the Bengals, including the running back position, even in catch-up mode. And I know Philip Lindsay is uh, involved in the pass game, but so is Devonta Booker when they're trailing and in two-minute drills. And it's going to be about a 39-minute drill there in Kansas City. So advantage Kamara and Mack. At the receiver position, we got Antonio Brown and rest in pieces, Will Fuller the fifth versus Brandon Cooks and Mike Evans. Now, Will Fuller did a little more than I thought. I thought he was good for about 15 to 18 points. So, um, man, I wasn't too far off, but he did outperform. Antonio Brown, uh, I think he is going to probably match around what Will Fuller did. Uh, maybe more catches, less yards, and a touchdown, or more yards and a touchdown. He could probably slightly outperform them. But uh, the big story is Brandon Cooks and Mike Evans. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Mike Evans. I know this is a juicy matchup, but I think Kirk Patrick's going to be on him quite a bit. And I feel like he's actually the weak link, especially knowing what Will Fuller did do rather than just projections. But Brandon Cooks is going to eat, man. And he's going to eat a lot because uh, Cooper Cup is out. And with those two receivers and Green Bay probably trying to shut down Gurley as much as they can, I think Cooks and Woods are going to destroy. But I still give the advantage because Antonio Brown is amazing and he's finally starting to click the way he was supposed to. So advantage receivers, fear the juice. At the tight end position, we got David Njoku versus... George Kittle, and although I talked I love Njoku quite a bit, I love Kittle more. Arizona's defense is awful, and um, they should have some improvement in the offense. Not a ton, but...
but Kittle is the main focus of that offense. And if it's just, uh, especially if Breed is out and it's just Morstead pretty much running it, uh, I think they're going to lean a little more on Kittle. So give me advantage, Kittle. At the flex position, we got Demarius Thomas versus Jared Cook. And I'm going to take the cook in the kitchen. They're going to be in catch-up mode. He is going to be the number one target on that team. And Indy's D is improved, but still pretty awful. And I spoke earlier that I think Kansas City's D is a strong play. And I do not trust Demarius Thomas. So I can't believe I'm saying it. Give me advantage, a tight end in the flex. At defense... uh, I'm going to call it pretty even. The Colts have a beyond juicy matchup, and they've been pretty opportunistic, and I think that Oakland is going to be just god-awful, and the Ravens are just better D, so give me a wash on that. Other options, Cardinals against San Francisco might be a play because San Francisco is not that great. Uh, Definitely not the Broncos. That one is just god-awful. Let's see. You're not going to put in Case Keenum probably. And we talked about Crabtree. Ty Montgomery can garner maybe a start, but I doubt it. So that lineup is as set. As far as on the other end, no better quarterback play. Receiver Nelson Aguilar with the news that uh, Bouye is going to be out. That's actually going to help them, but they do still have a decent uh, slot corner. And I really don't see anyone that I would want to play over what you have. So, at the end of the day, we're going to give the advantage to just the the overall more dominant team, I think. Just because Kamara, if Mac's healthy, it's an advantage for the juice. If Mac is out, then it's advantage 55s. Next up, we have No Country for Old Players versus the Franchises. At the quarterback position, we got Pat, I'm your Jesus Mahomes, and Sam Darnold Schwarzenegger versus Cam Newton and Joe Flacco. Amadeus Amadeus is not going to get it done for me. I think he's going to be a okay play, but I've already spoke to how I feel about Cam Newton and that Baltimore defense, and I'm not a big fan of Flacco. And although Darnold is going to get destroyed, the winner here is Patrick Mahomes. So advantage quarterbacks, no country for old players. At the running back, we got David Johnson and Joey Mixon versus Jordan Howard and Jalen Richard in the most decimated of running back pools. Uh, Half done by Frenchies himself, half by injury. Uh, Advantage, obviously, David Johnson and Joe Mixon, great matchups, uh, just better situations. Howard might do something. Uh, just with them being in control, but I just, I can't pick him over Johnson, and I can't pick a running back in Jalen Richard that is going to be in uh, catch-up over Mixon, so advantage, no country again. Uh, the receiver position, we got Stefan Diggs and Martavis Bryant. The alien himself versus T.Y. Hilton and Juju Smith-Schuster. My goodness, how the mighty have fallen at receiver. Uh, After some amazing trades that we talked about, Juju and T.Y. are starting. I mean, granted, it is a bye week, but man, it's starting to look a little rough 
for the Frenchies is getting the stinky cheese at the position. Uh, Christian Kirk is fine, but I think Byron Leftwich actually helps Larry Fitz a little more. And T.Y. is a huge... Er, sorry. Sorry, Kirk is going to be the flex. So, uh, T.Y. Hilton in a great spot. He's probably the best receiver in this matchup. And Juju is going to eat in Cleveland. So, the big wild card is Martavis Bryant. And because he is a wild card, because I do believe Stefan Diggs has maybe like 80% of a miracle at Minneapolis... Give me the advantage to uh, Frenchies at the receiver position. At the tight end, we got Evan Ingram versus maybe Gronkowski, if not Trey Burton. Um, until Ingram shows me something uh, coming back from injury, I'm not going to bet on him. And I love Trey Boo Boo or Gronk over him. Uh, I'd probably lean Gronk just because the um, the chance that... I mean, I'd, I'd rather lean Burton just because the chance Gronk might be used as a um, as a decoy. So, uh, take it for what you will. But either way, you have the advantage at tight end. In the flex, we got Kareem Hunt versus Christian Kirk. Oh my gosh, not the Kirk I would want to start. Although, if Burita is playing, maybe he ends up playing Burita. Uh, you could get cute with Chris Hogan or maybe even rolling Benjamin Watson in there. I don't know. Um, either way, uh, advantage Kareem Hunt. Like I said before, he ate before. He's going to eat again. And there's no way Christian Kirk, who I said was uh, probably not the benefit this week. It'll be a little more Fitz game if any of the two. So advantage there. At defense, it's Rams versus Chiefs, and there is a chance the Jets might sneak in there instead of the Rams. That might actually be the play, as Chicago's offense is far more dysfunctional than Green Bay. So there is a decent chance you could still get something out of him, but either way, I like the Chiefs better. I don't like Keenum. I don't think he's that good, and this is just going to be a rough one for him. So at the end of the day, although there is a slight advantage er, with uh, Frenchies is getting the advantage at receiver, this is going to be no country for their fourth straight win, extending the Frenchies to their third straight loss. Next up, we got Team Gravel, Lynn, versus Jonesen for some TDs. And he is just Jonesen for a win, too, having lost his last three after opening the year undefeated until he met yours truly. Uh, over for Team Gravelin at the quarterback position, we got Andrew Luck in Oakland and Eli, gosh, mouth-breathing Manning, versus Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Uh, as far as any other play at quarterback, with Tannehill out and having traded me Big Ben... Nothing that you could substitute Russell Wilson or Tom Brady for. Not that you'd want to. And with Phillip Rivers out, it's tough sledding, but you're going to have to take that mouth-breathing son of a gun. So I'm going to give the advantage to Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, although I love luck the best out of this because Brady might not need the volume and Russell Wilson's a little bit of wild card right now. I am not betting on Eli Manning, and I will never bet on Eli Manning ever again. 
At the running back position, we got Chris Carson and Adrian Peterson versus James White and Kenyon Drake. Now, with James White, I would have given the advantage to Jones and for some TDs either way because of uh, Sony Michel hanging out with his uh, his good buddy White Goodman instead of uh, you know playing football. So uh, I would have given him the advantage, especially I like Drake. Uh, I actually played him where I had him everywhere, and I had some decisions to make because. I did not believe in that Houston defense last night, and he proved me right to the tune of 22-5, and it should have been a much bigger game. So, either way, we're going to give advantage to Jones for some TDs, but let's walk through it a little bit. I think Adrian Peterson's going to be leaned on again, and he's actually going to have a decent game going for that, like, 18 to 16 range kind of running back with the potential to get up to maybe, like, 12 to 14. Uh, Chris Carson, I think, is going to get a little bit of value back against this Detroit front because they uh, just got weaker with an already weak uh, run defense until maybe next week with their new acquisition. But either way, they're both uh, middle-of-the-pack RB2s to tail-end RB2s. And nothing more than that, James White. Top 10 play, Kenny Drake's probably a top 10 play, and he would have been a top 15 play had I not known the score at this point. So, advantage there. At the receiver position, we got A.J. Green and Adam Thielen versus Emmanuel Sanders and Golden Tate. Now, Sanders is the only Kansas City receiver I actually trust a little bit. I don't think he's going to have an amazing game, but he's proven he is still balling out. And Golden Tate's got that revenge game, but there's no way I'm picking them against AJ Green in that juicy Bucks matchup. And my boy, Adam Thielen himself. My goodness. He is just so, he's glowing. Just beautiful, beautiful receiving man. At the tight end position, we got CJ Usama versus Zachy Ertz. And although I love Uzama in that matchup, I do not love his volume compared to the just boatloads of targets. I'm talking like a little tugboat is rolling in with targets for Zach Ertz. So advantage, Ertz. You know what? Sometimes playing Ertz hurts. So I love Ertz and he is going to just kill it this week. At the flex position, we got Devontae Adams versus Jordy Nelson. Probably, let's see real quick if there's any other option. Maybe Doug Martin in that <laughs> feature role. I'm doing quote air quotes, but you can't see my air quotes, so a little cough maybe. Um, yeah, only option, so... Uh, Jordy Nelson is going to suck in the number one role, especially getting bounced outside more than uh, in the slot because, uh, what's his name? Not Streeter. Uh, I forget his name. But the other receiver that mainly plays the slot is getting moved up to third wide receiver. So either way, come on. Are we really going to bet against Devontae Adams in the flex here? No, we're not. And although... Although we had a big game out of Kenyon Drake and I give the advantage to the quarterbacks over there, that receiving core is just hot fire. I'm going to go with uh, 
gravel, old gravels for the win. Extending Jones in for some TDs, uh, win or er, loss total, and pushing him to 500. Next up, whoo, it's a, it's a destiny of battle as the Americans are looking for war. This means war with the Americans. That's right, in the most American battle of the week. I'm talking fireworks and PBR and mullets and monster trucks and hating on socialism. I'm talking America. And this means war in the matchup of America of the week. I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that. That was awful. I apologize for that rant. But let's get into it. At quarterback, we got Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith versus Blake the Snake. The maybe getting bench Bortles versus not great in real life, but a good fantasy quarterback, Trubisky. His first name is Mitchell, but I just thought it was a little more prudent to call him that. Anyways, uh, Rodgers is my number one quarterback in this matchup. But, I mean, honestly, I could see Blake the Snake going nuts and extending his yardage record in London. And Alex Smith is not great, but that Giants defense is not that great either. And I could see a lot of dump-off plays to Saquon Barkley and a lot of Odell and uh, Sterling Shepard. So, with that advantage, Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. At the running back position, Todd Gurley and Chris Thompson versus Mark Ingram II and Saquon Barkley. Uh, man, this is a tough one. I mean, you you just auto-say that Todd Gurley makes it the best running back team, but I don't know what to expect out of Chris Thompson. He's going to be limited if he does end up playing. He might get knocked out. Uh... He might not get a ton of usage, so that's scaring me a little bit, whereas Saquon is going to be heavily involved. And I'm not saying Saquon's better than Gurley this week, but I think Green Bay's going to do their darndest to limit Gurley, and I think that Saquon is going to get tons of catches, probably another double-digit catch week. And Mark Ingram is just a better bet than Chris Thompson at this point, as much as I don't like the matchup. Uh, could pivot to go to Isaiah Crowell or Shady McCoy over him if Shady's healthy or maybe Naeem Hines if Mac doesn't play. Uh, either way, I'm actually going to take the Saquon Barkley side for the advantage at quarterback. At receiver, we got, like we talked about a minute ago, Sterling Shepard and Sammy Watkins versus Jarvis Landry and Robert Woods. Advantage Woods and Landry, although I'm not a biggest fan of Landry, I'm a huge I got so much wood in my DFS lineups that uh he I just got a love letter to Robert Woods. And Sammy Watkins is a big guessing game. He might have a huge game, he might have a bleh game, and although I think Shepard's gonna be pretty decent, advantage them. At the tight end position, it's Kelsey versus Ebron. I think this one's a little closer than people might imagine, but advantage Zeus. Doug Baldwin versus Tyler Boyd in the flex. And although I love me some Dougie Baldwin, 
Um, I think this is a huge bounce back game for Tyler Boyd, especially running a lot out of the slot. I think he's going to put up a ton and get back to that vintage uh, beginning of this season only ever uh, Boyd production and get you at least 15 points, maybe 20. So advantage Tyler Boyd. And at defense, we got Steelers versus Redskins. Oh, man. The problem is, although Eli is so awful that the fact that he has so many weapons, I got to go I gotta go with Steelers, obviously, on defense here. And it's not even close. So with everything put out there, man, this is actually quite a tough one for me to pick. I'm going to go with the upset and take the Americans. I, I, I'm gonna believe in Blake the Snake actually doing something against Philly. And I'm gonna just go on the back of Saquon and Mark and Woods and Boyd. And I'm, I'm going for the upset here. So give me America to win the war against war. And now the moment you've been waiting for your Dynasty matchup of the week. That's right, Bill Belichick Puppet Master versus I'm Getting a Chub in a revenge game for Bill Belichick. Not so much against Clay, but the fact that I was robbed last week in this league with the insane play of Sterling Shepard mixed with some other BS that was just too hard to believe. It was ridiculous. I'm out of the playoff run right now, and that's... Terrible, even in the Aniston scoring. That's ridiculous. But that's okay, because I'm going to hopefully get the win out right now. But let's go through it. Uh, we got first up, Deshaun Watson and Big Ben Roethlisberger versus Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford. Advantage, me. I love Big Ben at home. I loved Deshaun Watson before I knew he scored 31 points, and I love him after he scored 31 points. Uh, as far as the other side of the the table, we got Jameis and Stafford, and although I think Stafford's going to have a pretty decent game, I think Jameis is going to be middle of the road, and I don't think either of them is going to put up 31 points. So, advantage me. Ha, ha, ha. Either way, it would have been advantage me, but just more of an advantage now at the running back position though we have an injustice i have christian mccaffrey and james connor and i'm going against nick chubb and lamar miller and because lamar miller dropped 19-3 and did more than i thought he would even though he pretty much did what i said he would it's 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 an injustice I'm still going to go advantage me, but I don't feel great about it. Connor should outscore both of them or get close to it. And Christian is just ice is sprinkles for winners. But, um, man, at 19-3 from Lamar Miller sucks. It sucks bad, but it advantaged me slightly. 
At the receiver position, I have Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Thomas versus... Let's just throw the flex in there. And I got Smooth Routes himself, Kenny G, versus... I don't even know how this is possible. First round pick, DeAndre Hopkins. First round pick, Odell Beckham. Second round to third round pick, Tyreek Hill. How does he have all these people? He didn't do that well in the draft. You people are fools for just trading so much away to him. It looked like he was dumb for throwing away all these great players and buying some back. And his team looked awful two weeks ago. It really wasn't that great. But now all of a sudden, he is the best wide receiver core by a long shot. And he got it for peanuts. And although I'm not going to cry collusion like Brian and quit chats. This is ridiculous, people. This is ridiculous. Lock it up. This is bu- Audrey! This is Bush League! So although I have a great receiver, Michael Thomas... A uh, great receiver now, Sean Jeffrey. He's been blowing it up, and that Jacksonville secondary is just leading points right now. And I got Smooth Routes himself looking to bounce back after a couple down games. Uh, it's nothing compared to Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell. And that was before I knew DeAndre Hopkins played like crap for most of the game until Will Fuller got hurt, and it still ended up with 23.2 points. And that's not even including his crotch catch. That didn't even count where he just, like, somehow Odell Beckhamed it. Moving faster than OBJ. And then he just decided to up it even more by pulling the ball down and under his leg and just catching, gooch catching it, which is just insane. God, that would have been like a 29-point game or something like that. 28. Ugh. And I only, man... Advantage them. There's no way around it. Even if I could say Michael Thomas matches that and does 23.2 points, there's just no way. So, yeah. Uh, O.J. Howard, like him better against that weak Cincinnati uh, tight end defense than Vance, but Vance needs to come through with a vintage Vance Vance kind of game for me. So advantage O.J. Howard, but Vance could put up the same numbers. It's just it's a crapshoot. And then Texans D got robbed of a touchdown, which would have been an extra one, two, five points. Or, sorry, I would have gotten six points for the touchdown. I would have gotten two points for the fumble recovery and a sack, so that's eight points. Uh, I feel like the commissioners, the commissioners, you know who you are, should award me an extra eight points and give me 11 and give me a chance. So I had a chance before to beat this powerhouse of a receiver's team. But now it's slim pickings. And I'm going to do my best to put the league on blast and take down this monstrosity you built. But I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can recover. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I pull it out. Uh... I have a couple other plays I could throw in at the receiver position. Probably won't. Uh, somehow, Demarius Thomas turns up traded tomorrow. Maybe Cortland Sutton. Uh, maybe Jordan Wilkins. But, yeah. Is what it is. That's how it's set. 
And I'm going to take Chubb for the win, but I'm going to do my darndest to prove you wrong. Prove all you wrong! And prove myself wrong, I guess. So, thanks for sticking around. Sorry it got delayed a little bit to finish the show. But I hope you enjoyed the, the amazing knowledge you gained. And the time we spent together. And so, for all of us here at the Goonie Studio, I'm your host, Jason Seplick. You can always find me at Twitter, at the FF Goonie. So I'm going to leave you with a uh, song dedicated to Clay and his uh, trading. And as always, remember, Goonies never say die. Yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs>